morning, everyone. How you doing? Cool. Resurrection Sunday. Resurrection Sunday. Who'd have thought? Resurrection Sunday. Amazing, isn't it? When you when you start to think about it, I think it's it's exactly what Eloise said this morning. Is that um, he's been saying for three years whilst he was on the earth, I'm heading to, to Jerusalem where I'm going to be taken down, hung on a cross, but then on the third day, I'm going to be raised to life. To see that, I mean, can you imagine seeing that in that moment? Can you imagine being there, knowing that you saw Jesus on the cross, you saw his blood flow, you saw the pain the way that his body had been ripped apart. But then three short days later, you see him walking around full of life. It's powerful, isn't it? I don't think we'll ever fully understand that. But one day we hope to. One day we hope to see the fulfillment of that. So Heavenly Father, I just thank you for your message this morning. I pray, Holy Spirit, as I speak this message, that you would speak into the hearts of your people today in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. I want to speak this morning, not necessarily on um, Jesus' resurrection, but his statement about that I am the resurrection. Because I think that there's something for us here this morning, that he is the resurrection and he is the life. And I want to just uh, talk for a, a, a little while from John chapter 11, verses 1 to 44. Now, I am going to read this because I think that it helps us to understand the context of the story. And this is about the death of Lazarus. It says, Now, a man named Nazarus, Lazarus was sick. He was from Bethany, the village of Mary and her sister Martha. This Mary, whose brother was Lazarus, now lay sick. Uh, was the same one who poured perfume on the Lord and wiped his feet with her hair. So the sisters went, sent word to Jesus, Lord, the one that you love is sick. When he heard this, Jesus said, and I want us to remember this, this what Jesus says right at the very beginning here today. He says, this sickness will not end in death. No, it is for God's glory so that God's Son may be glorified through it. And he says in verse 5, Now, Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. So when he heard that Lazarus was sick, he did the complete opposite of what everyone expected him to do, and he stayed there for two more days. And then he said to his disciples, Let us go back to Judea. But Rabbi, they said a short while ago, the Jews there tried to stone you, and yet you are going back. And Jesus answered, Are there not 12 hours of daylight? Anyone who walks in the daytime will not stumble. For they see by this world's light. It is when a person stumbles at night that they, uh, when a person walks at night that they stumble, for they have no light. After he'd said this, he went on to tell them, Our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but I'm going there to wake him up. His disciples replied, Lord, if he sleeps, well, he'll get better. And Jesus said, uh, had been speaking of his death, but he, uh, his disciples thought he meant natural sleep. So then he told them plainly, Lazarus is dead, and for your sake, I'm glad that I was not there so that you may believe, but let us go to him. 
And then Thomas said to the rest of the disciples, let us also go there that we may die with him. What an incredible friend this man is. You know, in the midst of their grief, he thinks, well, let's just pile it on, you know. So uh, verse 17 says, on, on, on his arrival, Jesus found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb for four days. Now Bethany was less than two miles from Jerusalem, and many Jews had come to Martha and Mary to comfort them in the loss of their brother. When Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went out to meet him, but Mary stayed at home. Lord Martha said to Jesus, if you'd been here, my brother would not have died. But I know that even now God will give you whatever you ask. Incredible statement of faith, isn't it? Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Martha answered, I know he will rise again in the resurrection at the last day. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live even though he die. And whoever lives by uh, believing in me will never die. Do you believe this? Yes, Lord, she replied. I believe that you are the Messiah, the Son of God, who is to come into the world. After she had said this, she went back and called to her sister Mary. And she said, the teacher said to, uh, the teacher is here and is asking for you. And when Mary heard this, she got up quickly and went to him. Now Jesus had not yet entered the village, but he was still at the place where Martha, Martha had met him. When the Jews who had been with Mary in the house comforting her noticed how quickly she got up and went out, they followed her, supposing she was going to the tomb to mourn there. When Mary reached the place where Jesus was and saw him, she fell at his feet and said, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. When Jesus saw her weeping and the Jews who had come along with her also weeping, he was deeply troubled, moved in spirit and troubled. <clears throat> where have you laid him? Jesus asked. Come and see, Lord, they replied. And Jesus wept. Then the Jews said, see how he loved him. But some of them said, could not he who opened the eyes of the blind man have kept this man from dying? Jesus, once more deeply moved, came to the tomb. It was a cave with a stone laid across the entrance. Take away the stone, he said. But Lord, said Martha, the sister of the dead man, by this time there is a bad odour, for he has been there for four days. And Jesus said, did I not tell you that if you believe you will see the glory of God? So they took away the stone. Then Jesus looked up and said, Father, I thank you that you've heard me. I knew that you, were always, you would always hear me. I said this for the benefit of the people standing here, that they may believe that you sent me. And when he had said this, Jesus said, called out in a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. The dead man came out. His hands and his feet were wrapped with strips of linen and a cloth around his face. And Jesus said to them, take off the grave clothes and let him go. An incredible story, an incredible account of the interaction with uh, Jesus that he has with Ma Mary, Martha, and with Lazarus, and also the entire community that were there at that particular time. Make no mistake about it that Martha and Mary's brother Lazarus was dead. He was dead. Okay, There's no uh, chance that he had just a faint heart. No, he was dead. Okay, So we need to understand that. And it's in this moment where Jesus is talking to Martha that Jesus says to Martha, he says, Martha, I am the resurrection and the life. And today being Resurrection Sunday, I declare that Jesus is risen and that he is the resurrection and the life. Even today, he is still the resurrection and the life. I want you to understand that Jesus is the resurrection and the life, 
that we need in everyday life. He says, who, he who believes in me will live even though he dies, and whoever lives and believes in me will never die. Martha sees Jesus' answer as something that can only happen in the future. See, because Martha's response was, her first response was, I know that he'll rise again at the resurrection at the last day. And in a sense, she's right. It's what will happen at the second coming of Christ, where every person is raised up. It says in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verses 16 to 18, For the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel and with the trumpet call of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. After that, we who are still alive and are left will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so we'll be with the Lord forever. Therefore, encourage each other with these words. Uh, what an incredible thing to, 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 to know that this is coming up in our future. That there's going to be a loud trumpet blast that will be heard globally at the same time. Despite time frames, despite time differences, despite nations and languages and tongues and, and things that are happening around the world, that trumpet blast will be heard worldwide and it will declare the second coming of Jesus Christ and the dead in Christ shall rise and those who are left behind, who are alive, will be caught up in the air with Jesus. I love what the writer in Thessalonians says. He says, therefore encourage each other with these words. No matter what we're going through, we can be encouraged by the fact that Jesus is coming again. No matter what our sickness might be, no matter what the provision that we lack or what's happening in our world today, whether there's wars and rumours of wars, whether there's earthquakes and stuff happening around, we can be encouraged by knowing that Jesus is coming again. But Martha's faith only allows God to raise Lazarus in the future. <clears throat> so Lazarus has to stay dead and wait for that day to come. And Jesus is always the I am in our life. Whatever the situation, he is the I am that we need in what we're facing. To those who are lost, who've lost someone, Jesus says, I am the resurrection and the life. To those who walk in darkness, Jesus says, I am the light of the world. To those who are hungry, Jesus says, I am the bread of life. Jesus isn't the I was or I'm going to be. Jesus is the resurrection of the dead and he is our life. He's both. He didn't say, I am the res resurrection and leave it at that. He didn't say, I am the life, and leave it, uh, leave it at that. He said, I am the resurrection and the life. He is both at the same time. Jesus says, if Lazarus is dead, then I'll raise him up, because I am the resurrection. Jesus says that if Lazarus is alive, then I am the life that Lazarus is. In other words, whether Lazarus was dead or alive, did not concern Jesus. John 11.25 says, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me will live, and even though he dies, and whoever lives and believes in me will never die. Jesus spoke these words to Martha before raising Lazarus from the dead. Many came to see Martha, comforting her, saying maybe, oh, you're going to see your brother again. 
You know what? I've heard this very same statement many times as I've attended or conducted funerals. People come up to the bereaved family and they say, you're going to see your such and such again. You know, when you go to be in heaven, you're going to see them there again. You know, there's, there's this whole thing about the, the future coming together uh, of, of people that we love. Martha had probably lost track of the number of times that people had said this to her about her brother Lazarus. And now Jesus arrives and says exactly the same thing to her. Your brother will rise again. And Martha says, I know that he's going to rise again in the resurrection on the last day. But that was a long way off and to be honest probably didn't bring her much comfort in the moment that she was right there. Jesus says to us again today, I am the resurrection and I am the life. And he who believes in me will live. Even though he dies and whoever lives and believes in me will never die. The resurrection wasn't as far off as Martha actually thought because the resurrection was standing right in front of her and his name is Jesus. I don't care what you're going through today. Your deliverance, your resurrection, your coming out of what you're facing today is right in front of you and his name is Jesus. We need to understand that there is resurrection and there is life in Christ. No matter what we face, no matter what we're going through, the health challenge, the finance challenge, the relationship issue, whether we need a promotion at work, whether we need to get a new house or to upgrade in some way or do something, there is resurrection and there is life in Jesus Christ and it's here today. Have you ever thought, how the resurrection of Jesus differed from the other people that were raised to life in the Bible. Most probably haven't given it a great deal of thought because it really doesn't seem all that relevant. But I want to say it is absolutely relevant for us. See, in 1 Kings 17, we read about Elijah raised the son of the, uh, the, the Seraphath widow from the dead. In 2 Kings 4, Elisha raised up the son of a Shunammite woman. 2 Kings 13, a dead man came to life as his body touched Elisha's bones. Luke 7, Jesus raised the, the son of the widow of Nain from the dead. It almost says like the, the widow from Nain, doesn't it? So, <clears throat> Luke 8, Jesus raised the daughter of Jairus from the dead. In Luke, uh, sorry, John 11 that we're reading today, Jesus raises Lazarus from the dead. Matthew 27, many saints rose from the dead at the resurrection of Jesus. In Acts chapter 9, Peter raised Dorcas from the dead. And in Acts chapter 20, Eutychus was raised from the dead by Paul. So how did these resurrections differ from that of Jesus? Well, the answer lies in the fact that in each one of those cases, the person that was raised to life died again. But Jesus' resurrection was unique in that when he was raised up, he did not die again. He did not die again. Jesus ascended to heaven and lives today. Jesus wasn't only raised from the dead, he is the resurrection and he is the life for us today. His resurrection proves that he's the son of God. His salvation is available today and his sacrifice was acceptable to God the Father. So what's happening with Lazarus? Why did he die? Just perhaps, just perhaps, that Jesus wanted to stretch Martha's faith and he wants to stretch our faith today too. 
The Bible tells us that the risen Jesus was seen first by two women, by Peter and John, by the disciples on the road to Emmaus. He's he's seen by the 10 apostles, by Thomas, by more than 500 believers, and then by James, and then finally by Paul himself. See, the resurrection was powerful, actually changing the attitude of the believers in that day. On the day of the trial, many were afraid to, 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 to speak up about it because of any of hint of trouble that they might get into. But after the resurrection, they were bold in their witness about Jesus Christ and his resurrection. The resurrection was powerful and helped to grow the early church. Many denied Christ on the day that he was crucified, but thousands were added to the church on the day of Pentecost when Peter stands up and preaches about the resurrected Jesus Christ. The resurrection was powerful because no one ever found the body of Jesus. Wouldn't you have thought that if if these disciples are starting to talk about Jesus and, and all that he's done, that the authorities of the day would have produced a body saying, this is the body of Jesus, it's dead. What they're talking about is absolute rubbish. They never produced the body of Jesus. Jesus is alive. In John 11, 26, 25 and 26, Jesus said to Martha, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me will live, even though he dies. And whoever lives and believes in me will never die. Do you believe this? Can I say to us this morning, there are nothing, there's nothing limiting Jesus in our life. Nothing limits Jesus. Nothing limits Jesus. Nothing limits Jesus. There is nothing limiting Jesus. And Jesus says to Martha, do you believe this? And it's almost like Jesus could stand here today and say, do you believe this? Do you believe this? What a question. It sounds too simplistic, too easy. Do you believe that I can, Martha, even though I didn't come in time to heal Lazarus? Do you believe that I can, even if your brother's been dead for four days? Just as a, a, a little thing here, I have had the misfortune of seeing a number of people that have been dead for four or more days as a police officer. That was some of the things that you get to see, unfortunately, as a part of your job. I know what a four-year-old, a four-day-old body looks like and smells like. It's not pretty. It's not pretty. Jesus says, do you believe that I can turn your mourning into joy, Martha? Martha, do you believe that I am the resurrection and the life? See, belief is the key to seeing life in death. It's it's the key to seeing light in darkness, to seeing hope in despair, to seeing joy instead of sorrow, provision instead of lack, strength instead of weakness, and so much more. To unlock all this is called faith. We need faith to believe something. It's crucial in our relationship with God. Gideon struggled to trust God's word. He said, God, I need a fleece. I'm going to put out a fleece. You know, one day you make it dry, next day you make it wet and all the rest of it. And in the Pharisees and the scribes, they asked for signs from Jesus to prove that he was the son of God. There is, let me say, there is never enough proof where there is no faith. Let me say this a different way. If we have no faith, then no amount of proof can cause us to trust God. God operates in response to our faith. Jesus said, do you believe this? 
It sounds easy. It sounds simple. In John, in John chapter 14, verse 1, Jesus again says, Don't let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God. Trust also in me. To be fair, Martha did have a certain amount of, tr- of trust and faith in God. Because when Jesus arrived in town, Martha has heard about it. She went out to meet him. And the very first words out of her mouth were, If you'd been here, my brother wouldn't have died. That's faith. She had faith that Jesus could heal. Martha believed Jesus could have uh, healed Lazarus, but it was too late. Lazarus was a friend of Jesus. Jesus should not have been late. Don't you know, God, that I'm a believer in you? I get up every morning and I pray to you and I I worship you on a Sunday morning. I come out on a resurrection Sunday. Don't you know that I, I, I love you so much? Why haven't you answered this prayer? Why haven't you healed? Why haven't you set free? Why haven't you delivered? We come to that same point. We have these questions. Perhaps we could identify with her. We too have that faith. Why did you allow this to happen, Jesus? God doesn't always respond the way that we expect. We get caught up in, it's got to be my way or the highway. It's got to be, you know, God, you've got to work this out how I want it to work out. Such expectation causes us to misread God's good intention. See, if we can get wrong expectations can cause us to misunderstand and quarrel with our friends, then it's likely that if we have a wrong expectation of God's ways, it can cause us to misunderstand him and his nature and his character. Martha says to Jesus, Yes, Lord, I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God. Do you know what? There's very few people that ever made this statement in the Bible. I remember Peter, he said it. There might have been some other people that, but probably on your one hand that you could count the people that actually said, I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God. That's a statement of great faith. Yet that wasn't what Jesus wanted her to believe. The devil believes that. Jesus wants her to believe that he is the resurrection and the life. Jesus wants us to believe that he is the resurrection and the life. That with Jesus, even something as hopeless as Lazarus can be changed. She, can she believe that Jesus can resurrect her brother who's been dead for four days? Today, we're just like her. We believe Jesus is God. He's alive and he's with us today. But that isn't really what we need to believe. Jesus wants us to believe that he can do all things. In our circumstances. Jeremiah chapter 32 verse 17. Ah, sovereign Lord, you've made the heavens and the earth by your great power and outstretched arm. Nothing is too difficult or too hard for you. It's believing that God can do something in the moment. It's God can do something in the, the, the right now, the present circumstance. Nothing is impossible for God. Why don't you say that out loud? Just hear yourself say it. Nothing is impossible for God. 
It's one thing to know Jesus is Lord. It's another thing to trust him in our troubles. Can we believe that he'll make a way where there seems to be no way? Can we believe that he'll work wonders and bring hope in a hopeless situation? To know with our mind is one thing. To know in our heart with a deep conviction under harsh circumstances is quite another thing entirely. God wants us to trust him with a steadfast faith that stands in the face of impossibility. We know the end of the story. Jesus proved his words. Martha saw what she'd heard a while ago about resurrection and life because Lazarus walked out of the grave alive when Jesus called him out. I heard a uh, Pastor Joseph Kamanapelli, an incredible man of God who comes from India. I remember him, I remember it from years when he said it in this very church years ago. He says, I'm so glad that Jesus says, Lazarus, come forth. Because if he hadn't have used Lazarus' name, every single person that was in a grave would have come out. Wow. Lazarus, come forth. Today we can expect to see what we read in God's word. Today we can expect to see what we hear about in sermons and messages come to pass. Martha didn't see it at first, but Jesus is the resurrection and life that Lazarus needed. God's plan was good. And although Martha didn't feel that way just a little while ago, it was a good plan. God planned something better. The glory of God was revealed and people were saved. All the power to resurrect, to bring back uh, to life the dead, to transform and to make new is by the power of the Holy Spirit. What more do we need? Jesus says, I am the resurrection and the life. And I think that it's, 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 it's so important that we grasp That right from the very beginning of this account here, that we remember, Jesus said to his disciples something very powerful. Think about This is what Jesus is saying. When Jesus first heard about Lazarus in John 11 verse 4, he said, This sickness won't end in death. On the contrary, no. It's for God's glory so that God's Son may be glorified through it. Can you think about this? He's heard that Lazarus is sick and he knows that he's critically ill. But he says to his disciples right at the start, this is not going to end in death. No. On the contrary. No matter what we are facing, Jesus can turn it around. Jesus can turn it around. If we're fighting with depression then God can turn it around. If we're fighting and and, and struggling for our health, we can see God turn it around. God can do amazingly, abundantly more than we could ever think or imagine. Nothing is impossible for God. Jesus actually says, on the contrary. In other words, you're hearing about sickness, a critical illness. On the contrary, this is not going to end in death. It's going to end in life. We need to get that statement in our hearts. 
I remember here many years ago, we heard the diagnosis of a child that had been uh, diagnosed with leukemia. I felt instantly this John 11 verse 4 come to my heart where it says, this shall not end in death. And I prophesied over that young girl right at the very start and she got better from leukemia. It's not my word. It's just what I was, I was just, I had a conviction that this is not going to end in death. And I declared it. We've got to understand that God's word is here for us to declare, to attach faith to, and to see something dramatic happen in life. On the contrary, in other words, no matter what it might look like, it might look like it's dead. It might hear, f- sound like it's dead. It might feel like it's dead. It might smell like it's dead. But Jesus says, on the contrary, that's not what you're going to see come out of this. No matter what we can see, hear, feel or smell, Jesus is going to bring about an incredible miracle in our life. Jesus saves. Jesus heals. Jesus provides. Jesus is the resurrection and the life. There's one condition to receiving all of these promises. It's to believe. To believe. Just to have faith. And you know how much faith you need to have? A mustard seed. A mustard seed. You say, I've only got a little bit of faith. That's enough. That's all you need. You don't need bucketfuls. Just, but I, I, I can't believe for much. I can just, no, that's enough. You can believe for that. Then God's going to use that. Just come to Him. Believe for things that aren't as though they are, just like Abraham. Believe that the devourer's mouth is going to be closed and you'll be kept safe, just like Daniel. Believe that you'll be unharmed in the midst of the fiery furnace, just like Daniel. Believe that Jesus is the one who gives life to what we see as dead. What do you need Jesus to say to you about the resurrection and the life that he is? He's not going to be the one that he is that in the future for you, but today. What is it that you're believing for? What is, what's the prophetic words that have been spoken over your life that Jesus can resurrect this morning? What have you let go of that God never asked you to let go of? What is it that God wants, he's just here now to, to breathe life into in your life? Can we stand? <clears throat> In this moment, I just feel like that there are people who've been praying for loved ones, for family members, to come to know Jesus, to be saved, to become a born-again believer. And because you've been believing for so long, you're just looking, and it's no criticism at all. I think that we, at some point, all face these challenges in our own life that we sort of like think, it's a, it's a lost cause. How can God intervene in this moment, in this family member's world? How can God get the message of his love and his grace through so that they yield their knee and they say that they want to have a relationship with Jesus? 
And it's in this moment, I believe God's saying, I am the resurrection and the life. Some of you are struggling long term with health issues. And there comes a point where you're saying, well, maybe healing's not for me. Maybe you know, God is, is not going to be able to heal my condition, my, my illness, my, my struggle, this pain, my back, my heart, my blood, my arthritis, my depression, my anxiety. What is, what is it that maybe you come to a point of just saying, I'm just going to live with this. I'm just going to put up with this. I want to say to you that Jesus is the resurrection and the life. Maybe there's people here this morning that you've got something that just continually draws you back. It just has held you bound. There's this area where there's this thing you constantly battle. You know that you want to walk away from it. You know that Jesus has called you to walk away from it, but you continually are just hounded by this thing and it just continually has a grip on your life. And you just seem to, like you've given up on being able to walk away. You've struggled with this for so long. And maybe you've talked yourself out of the grace of God and say, well, maybe I'm never going to be free of this. This morning I want to say to you that Jesus says, I am the resurrection and I am the life. It's not by your own self-effort, by doing these things. It's simply saying, I trust you and you are my resurrection and you are my life. Maybe there's people here this morning and you're just struggling. It's just a massive struggle in life. Maybe at one point you walked with Jesus but you're just finding it so hard and yet maybe your love for him has gone cold. You could be in an incredible atmosphere that we've encountered here this morning. And you're looking at everybody else having this incredible moment with God. and You're thinking, I I want that for myself. I want to experience you like these people have experienced you this morning. I want to say to you that Jesus says, I am the resurrection and I am the life. This is Resurrection Sunday. I love what Elle said. Every Sunday should be Resurrection Sunday. Could we dare to believe that Resurrection Sunday could be Resurrection Monday? Resurrection Tuesday? Resurrection Wednesday? I'm not sure about Thursday. Thursday's late night shopping. I mean, Jesus doesn't come out for late night shopping. I believe people's breakthroughs here today. If I could... All I know is that Jesus says, I am the resurrection and the life. Maybe we just need to, just gently, softly, as as a prayer of our heart, just simply say, Lord, you are my resurrection and you are my life. 
You are my resurrection, Jesus, and you are my life. You are both. You are my resurrection. I'm coming out of darkness. I'm coming out of pain. I'm coming out of bondage. I'm coming out of lack. I'm coming out of weakness. For you are my resurrection and you are my life. Holy Spirit, breathe afresh upon your people this morning. Let your wind blow through this place. Let the fire of God start to be rekindled in people's hearts and lives where it started to to grow dull. You are our resurrection. You're my resurrection. You're my life this morning. And I just give everything to you this morning. Every sickness, every family member, every lack, every need I have this morning, you are my resurrection and you are my life. In Jesus' mighty name this morning, you are my resurrection and you are my life. This morning, if you've never invited Jesus into your heart, you've said the words like, Lord, I want you to be my Lord and my Saviour. I want to rededicate my life. I want to give you my life this morning. Today is your resurrection and your life. Because Jesus can come and touch your heart and your life this morning. Is there anybody here this morning? Just never ask God, to, like Jesus, to come into your heart and to be your Lord and Saviour. Is there anyone here this morning? You just want to do that. Here on Resurrection Sunday, what greater day could you ever do that on than on Resurrection Sunday? Just put your hand up nice and tall because I would love to pray for you. I would love to walk you through what it all means. Is there anybody here this morning? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Heavenly Father, I thank you for your presence. Can we all pray together? I mean this from our heart. Dear Lord Jesus, I recognize that I've lived my life my way. And today, I don't want to do that anymore. I want to live my life your way. I believe you are my resurrection and you are my life. Come into my heart. Be my Lord and my Savior. Holy Spirit, flood me, overwhelm me with your goodness and your grace. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. 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 I pray that you go away this week and the one phrase on your lips right throughout this week is you are my resurrection and you are my life you are my resurrection you are my life you are my resurrection you are my life anyone get anything out of that today? thank you Jesus well you may never have heard me say this before but you've been lit up to light up. Can I say that you've also been resurrected to bring resurrection? You've been given life to bring life. Oh, church, don't keep it a secret. Don't keep it a secret. 
Allow people around about you to hear the song of Jesus in your heart, to allow people to experience the life that you have in Jesus Christ. God is so good. Amen.